joined by Knockdown because he's off sunning himself over in the uh, the tropical islands of Spain. I can't even remember where he is, but he's somewhere off enjoying himself. Um, this week, I am joined by the delicious Joe. He is making his podcast debut with us today. Uh, Joe is one of the nicest people I've ever got to meet. I'm, I'm probably going to oversell you a little bit here, Joe. Um, he's also one of the most knowledgeable people in terms of wrestling that I have had the ple- pleasure and the privilege to have known. So I've built you up a little bit there, Joe. How are yeah, you today? I'm all right, I'm all right, dude. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Um, I don't know about knowledgeable, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. and see how we go. Whenever I'm on here, I'll, I'll, if I'm thinking about something, I, I always try and think, Joe would know this, and especially classic ROH stuff. Um, yeah, well, that's my uh, company. <laughs> we will get into that in a little, little bit. Um, so coming, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Coming up today, we've got um, a preview of the upcoming Stomping Ground pay-per-view done by WWE, which will be on this Sunday. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's in the news in terms of WWE now has officially moved to BT Sports as of January 2020. Um, that was announced a couple of days ago. There's going to be other bits and bobs in there as well. But first, as this is uh, Joe's first time with us, oh, um, how did you get into wrestling, Joe? What's your story? Um, early 90s, uh, WCW, ITV, um, Saturday. Probably that's similar to you, isn't it, mate? Um, yeah, it would be on a Saturday afternoon. Sting, Ric Flair, Vader, uh, Ron Simmons. Uh, it is similar to me. I and do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that was how you got into it. But for me, it wasn't Saturday afternoons. I know everyone always says to me, "Oh, Saturday afternoons." My dad used to tape it when, um, you know, it was like I'm about one thirty in the morning during yeah, the week. Yeah. And then I think the, uh, the 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 must have repeated it over the weekend, but I never saw it over the weekend. Well, so it was, what's, you're yeah, a similar age yeah. to me, aren't you? Yeah, so like, it was footy mad. That's what it was. It was all football. And yeah. ITV had their own version of Grandstand on a Saturday. Uh, it was called Kickoff, I think it was. And um, they'd have random sports, like motor car racing or whatever. And the yeah. score just flash up at the bottom of the screen. And at about 
three, four o'clock, they had WCW um, an hour worldwide, it may have been. I can't remember that far back. But yeah, that was my first introduction to wrestling. Um, and then my first, I'd get tapes off friends. Actually, my first introduction to WWF at the time was trading cards and magazines. Yes. I've never had Sky, so that was my first introduction. Um, and then I'd get tapes off people. Um, my first memory of WWF on screen it would be WrestleMania 9. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's 1993. Um, and it was outdoor. And I, that's what I, re- I remember more than anything. Because, that's, uh... yeah, like I'd watched, I'd seen WCW, I'd seen other tapes, and then I'd seen WrestleMania 9, and it was outdoor, and it blew my mind. It was like, this is amazing. And I know it gets, it gets pipped as like the worst mania of all time, but even looking back, I still enjoy it as, as a re, it's got rewatch value for me. Yeah, um, I, I um, think that uh, Shawn Michaels the tanker match. I think it might have been the first match off. It was the for the Intercontinental title, um, and for something that was a, like a schmoz finish, like a count out uh, finish. I, yeah, it always yeah. rings true. It was quite a good match for me. Yeah, but I, I tell you, the guy that um, you know grabbed my attention was Lex Luger when he came out. The entrance music it was different to other music. It was uh, more classical. And then he came out with the, it was like four women with the mirrors. And, you know, I was, what, nine, ten. So I was just, I was a muscle guy. You know, I was always like, in WCW a couple of years earlier, my favourite wrestler was Nikita Koloff. You know, I, I just liked the big muscle guys. And in WWF at the time, it was Lex Luger. Um, and then obviously the main event was Bret Hart, Yokozuna. Um, bit of a, another screw finish. That led to Hulk Hogan winning the title, which I ate that up. I absolutely ate that up. And, I, you know, now I'd be throwing the telly out the window. But, yeah, at the time, I thought it was amazing. It was um, it was drama, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And then from then on, it was just getting tapes off friends. Cause, and then so when, when you say you were getting getting tapes, you, you, you weren't taking No, official tapes. No, was, no. Yeah. Official tapes. Um, and people would tape stuff off Sky or whatever. Um, yeah, it was official like Coliseum home videos. Uh, tape trading didn't come to a lot later. Um, no, it was just bothering tapes off people. And then if I'd go to the shops with my mum and dad or whatever, um, it was badgering them. So I wanted a tape with Ultimate Warrior on the cover and I wanted that. And and that was that was me wrestling. You know, I never had Sky. So it was a case of magazines and what, just watching the same tapes over and over again. Particularly, well, it was like Coliseum home yeah. video type. Well, this is what I'm just trying to explain to people before. It must sound mad to the likes of Dan, who's um, you know, who's a much younger fan. But um, Pro Wrestling Illustrated was the internet before the <laughs> before the internet yeah. um, for, for wrestling fans. And I know you know it. You, you see, I put put something up to say that I, I got to um, two magazines yeah, once. Uh, November 1990, which I'm looking at now, and do you know what? Some of the um, it's some of the ads that that, that have uh, shocked me more than it. It's in fantastic condition, and um, one of them is, "Have you ever be- dreamed of being a wrestling superstar?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes on, and it's from the Heart Wrestling Camp, um, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. There's tape trade and ads that I'm going through at the moment. Um, there's um. The, there's absolutely all sorts. Do you remember the? Do you remember the uh, 
before it was an internet thing, the eFed, where you had you created your own wrestler, um, and yeah, then you'd yeah. send in uh, all all that. It's it's actually really fantastic to read the ads. Never mind the articles. Um, so it, it's been a bit of a throwback for me, but but that really was you. You were excited when you went and got the likes of Power Slam or Pro Wrestling Illustrated or yeah, whatever. Um, you know, earlier on it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and then there was like the Wrestler Inside Wrestling, Wrestle America, and yeah. WWF Magazine. Um, Power Slam came a bit later, or I didn't find that till a bit later, like '97 yeah. or one, I guess. But yeah, and. It was three months out of date, but I didn't know any anything else anyway. I didn't watch. I wasn't watching WWF on TV, so that was up to date for me. And it was. And but there was pictures of other wrestlers. There was pictures of other promotions. Um, my first access to ECW was through those magazines, and you know that was another yeah. world. Um, yeah. So magazines. It was, and they're gone now. I mean. You'd end up buying like, especially during the peak, like the late nineties, you'd be buying like eight or nine a month. Yeah, there's so many. Um, yeah, and it was just, I do miss that. Though. I miss magazines a lot. Um, they're not the same anymore because the internet's pretty much killed that. But it's, um, you know, it's just, yeah, well, that was for me. It's just magazines. Well, to, to you would literally, or I would, uh, you get your magazines. You go straight home and then you'd read them um, cover to cover, and then you you feel like that's it. I've ruined it. I should have I should have I should have spread it out until inside yeah. wrestling's due out. So I, I should. Um, and it, it it really was. And I'm I'm looking at it now, and some of the articles they've done. Um, I think here WWF versus the NWI, comparing who'd win and who has the longevity. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually talking about uh, national expansion again. This is 1991, so the national expansion for WWF had really already happened. Um, and it it, it actually it, it did a detailed article. Uh, showing the top stars, the stars who were coming through, the business model, um, the arena touring schedules, and who's likely to come out on top. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good analysis. Unfortunately, came up with the wrong answer, and it was they put the <laughs> NWA that would um, that yeah. would be the ones to go on. And this is before the Monday Night Wars or anything. But th- that was the good thing about it with Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You know, it was a mostly kayfabe magazine. It was, it, you know, there was never any acknowledgement. It was treated like Sports Illustrated, you know, where yeah, the name comes from. And um, then there was the, the other magazines that weren't necessarily, they, they'd, tell, they'd give you your inside details that you'd, you, you'd find out about. And it, we didn't know everything at once. It was, fed, it was fed to us, wasn't it? It was spoon-fed to us over the years. Um, it was quite an exciting time. It was you know, and you'd absorbed it as well. I mean, you get a magazine now, and I'll be honest, I, I pick up like Fighting Spirit magazine, um, and I'll read a couple of articles and then I'll put it to the side and then I won't touch it. And then, you know, I won't even finish the magazine. Um, and, I, and half the time, I've probably got the telly on or whatever. Back then, I just sat in my room, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, first page to the last, absorbed everything because that's all I could, you know, when you're. 10, 11, 12, 13, you want to get as much information as you can because you're just excited about it, aren't you? You want to learn. Um, And yeah, the kayfabe thing was 
you know, because I thought it was all legit. I thought they were actually talking to the investors. I found out years later that they were just people writing magazines and making it all up. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, but even they used to do these one-to-ones, which were like five-page interviews. And even after I found out, like, oh, all the other articles are made up, but these one-to-ones, they've got to be legit because they're actually speaking to people. And even then I found out that was all made up. But it was, um, I think, <laughs> Power Slam was... But I think Power Slam was a game changer for me. Um, that yes. was proper inside uh, um, Finn Martin. Yeah. Um, that it, was was basically, it was basically reissuing a lot of what was talked about in The Observer um, yeah. through a magazine. And it was. And don't get me wrong, there was, there was some good, uh, again, there was some good reports, but the news pages, it was just basically the. It wasn't the news like Per Wrestler Illustrated did the news, it was very much, uh, you know, inside the stuff. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't get. I mean, I, I know I didn't get the Observer until two thousand um, two thousand two three. Yeah, um, I started going online for that, but before then it was just Power Slam, and um, and it was monthly. But back then a month wasn't a long time before you know your next issue, and it was yeah, and it was it's Finn Martin. It was a one man operation, yeah. and That's, he was yeah. very influential as well. And he was, you know. Well, I've, I've seen, he, he was, uh, to be honest with you, I actually am friends with him on Facebook, Finn Martin. And, um, Same here, yeah, yeah. He, if you notice over the course of the last couple of months, he's been reissuing a lot of his old articles, especially the in-depth ones, you know, where they might be five or six pages long. He's been uh, putting them up online. So it, it, it's something interesting to look over. So we basically we got ourselves up to um, uh, WrestleMania 9. And so you're about 12, 13 at this point? Nah, not, uh, not, not even, I would have only been 10, not even 10. 10. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and that was pretty much from then until um, 98, 99. It was just getting tapes from shops. I mean, I was working at 14 and um, I was, you know, as soon as I got money, on the Sunday, I got paid. I'd just go straight into town and just buy, you know, back then they were like £20 each. So I had 40 quid and I'd just buy two VHS tapes of the like newest pay-per-views. And they had them um, skipping, you know, going ahead a bit. I was into WCW was my first introduction, but then it came off ITV and I knew nothing of it apart from what I read in the magazines. And then they started when I was buying the WWF tapes in your HMVs and Virgin Megastores and whatever, they started stocking uh, WCW pay-per-views as well. Yeah, it was much later um, though, wasn't it? 98, 99, I want to say, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, a year after that, it was um, ECW. So, yeah, I was kind of, you know, I've, I got through without having Sky. And I, um, I think that was a blessing as well, because I wasn't watching, you know, the TV every week. But... Um, when you get to like 98, 99, I was in you know high school, 15, 16, people would take it for me. I'd have people taking raw, especially raw for me. You know, I'd go to school mm. and I'd get it off them on the Wednesday or whatever. But yeah, um, that was it. Um, and then the internet blew everything up. It really did. It changed things so much, didn't it, for our age group? It's yeah. at that time as well. Um, so you you've um you've left school and you've met your your lovely uh, 
your lovely partner there. Um, mm-hmm. We won't tell that story on the podcast. Um, yeah. But you're now, are you going straight into work, going into college? No, I went, um, I went sixth form, college, and then yeah. pretty much, uh, yeah, I did two years in college, and then I'm about now. Like a 15-year job. It's, but I get to listen <laughs> uh, to podcasts, so I can't complain. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. So when we've we, we've hit that point, um, the Monday Night Wars going on, are you actually getting to watch much ECW? Is it? Did you get the chance yeah. to see any of it on Bravo, or did you? Yeah, was... um, I had a like nineteen ninety nine wrestling blew up big time, and it, you know, like I remember first few years of high school, it was pretty much just a loan a hobby, but then it it blew up big time when it was a lab. I used to hang around with his best mates in school. Um, and I'd just go to his house every day after school. And then, he, was, and then he, he got me onto Raw and SmackDown on his Sky. And then, yeah, we found ECW and Bravo. Um, I think that was like, I was say 99, 2000. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, like I said, they'd have the tapes. Um, and yeah, I, I, I felt like I knew a lot about ECW through the magazines because he had the... WWF and WCW coverage, but then you had these pictures from ECW where there was like blood. There was, um, and they, they weren't muscle guys, they were like different characters. I mean, and I was like, and I still am the biggest John Club Van Damme mark. I know the wrestler <laughs> called Rob Van Damme, and that was like, right, he's my guy, uh, Rob Van Damme. Um, and he really, he really did look a lot like each other when they were both younger, didn't they? I, I, I bet there was a period when I genuinely thought they were related, and I probably told everyone <laughs> they were related. You know. um, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. So I got on. He, he, he used to um, he'd tape uh, ECW onto VHS, and we'd watch that after school. And then you took you jump in a few years ahead, and then you've got the wrestling channel um, yeah. again, which is like another eye opener. To a different another world of wrestling. No, that that really was. I mean, that that's. I'll be honest with you. I think for me, um, after the invasion angle happened and the Monday Night Wars sort of stopped, and the invasion angle ha- happened, I maybe watched for maybe another six months, and then and then I went off. Um, I went off wrestling for maybe eighteen months, two years. Mm. Um, from what I know now, probably one of the worst periods to go off WWF because um, SmackDown was the shining light, wasn't it? Um, well, but... I mean, I'll, I'll argue that 2002 to 2003 and maybe 2004 WWE is probably the last great period they had, I think, um, especially SmackDown. Um, but no one was watching it. It was, yeah, it was a bit, I think... Not a lot of people watch SmackDown. Everyone preferred Raw over SmackDown, and Raw at the time was, especially in 2002, it was awful. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's one of them. I already know now because obviously um, you go back and you watch things that you've missed over the years, and uh, I, I watched, I rewatched a lot of that from when I when I ducked out. Um, but what got me back into wrestling was actually the wrestling channel. Um, mm. I've said this before. I've Flick through the channel, and I've come across the likes of ROH, 
and the likes of Noah um, that were on there. Um, they were the big two that I'd watch. And so, some CZW as well, because I think they'd always do like a Sunday night pay-per-view, didn't they? Um, and they, they'd put it on, but then they'd rerun it through the week. Um, so it might be uh, like best of the best or tournament of death, or it might have been, you know, one of the uh, anniversary shows from ROH. But obviously this is all, I think it's probably six months in the past uh, de- delay on the on the um, wrestling channel, and then also TNA we would get on there as well the the early stuff. Um, so that's what I started watching from there. Was that a similar thing for yourself? Well, um, a story. I've never told you the story. And I was in college and we used to have access to the internet, and and it was I want to say 2002. Yeah. Um, I was. Genuinely thinking about, I was like, you know, I love wrestling. What can I do? And I was looking at wrestling schools online, and I came across um, there wasn't a lot, and I came across an FWA one. I was like, oh, this, you know, I was looking at the pages, and it was like, oh, it's in Portsmouth. No, I'm not going to Portsmouth. So that was the end of my wrestling dream there. And then, (laughs) um, but they had a shop, so I looked on the shop, and they had their VHS, and it was. FWA shows, and then so I, I started buying FWA videos, and then they yeah. started stocking. Uh, I think about a year later, they started stocking Ring of Honor DVDs, um, and that was my first introduction to like American indies. And I'd heard about it in obviously Power Slam and that, but yeah, and I remember it was a uh, War of the Wire, um, Carino yeah. and Homicide. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Of all the DVDs, that was like, yeah, I'm getting that one. It's a bar <laughs> So, yeah, um, that was... And then, so I picked up a few DVDs, um, didn't think much of it, and it was about a year later, um, yeah, the rest panel, and I know, I remember the exact moment, we, we round his house, but he'd tape them, and then we'd go round, but sometimes he'd run stuff on a loop, and um, mm. it was a Ring of Honor show um, before the start. I didn't know that at the time. And it was uh, Special K having a rave in the ring. Um, and then all of a sudden this music hits and there's low key coming out. Um, and he just beats the shit out of a lot of them, especially the, the rest of called Deranged. And it was the coolest thing i ever seen. It was, um, you know, and low key was pretty jacked. He was a small dude, but he was pretty jacked and he had some oh, really yeah. cool finish. So yeah, and it was um, that was it. The wrestling channel, um, yeah, was like, it was Irish, and there was Ring of Honor, there was CGW, but yeah, it was Ring of Honor that stood out. Um, and the, the the lad's house, the lad who used to go to, he was like a massive TNA fan. So um, yeah, and there was Take Traders in Power Slam magazine, and then that's how I got into Take Trading because I'd be like, oh. I want to see more of this, I want to see more of that. And those guys selling takes in Power Slam. And then we'd both start buying them. And then yeah. that was the descent into spending every penny I had. What we know today is the care technique. Um, the, yeah. the, <laughs> the, 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 the other thing that, 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 that is quite strange is um, I met you maybe four or five years ago at a wrestling show in Warrington. Um, and yeah. I, met, yeah. I, yeah. Met, I met Dan over at WrestleMania, who, who normally does the podcast. And the weird thing was that we were all at 
uh, when ROH come over to Liverpool, um, we were all at that show, weren't we, for um, for Mate, Danny Bryan versus Nigel McGuinness? It's our generation, SummerSlam '92, where, where everyone was at that <laughs> show. But I think, you know, people of our age, you know, uh, how old's Danny? I mean, you know, I want to say mid to late twenties, early to late thirties. You know, everyone was who was into wrestling at that time was at that show. I think they drew over a thousand each night. Well, that was on the weekend, and then they had the show in August, and they yeah. just, it was it was packed. Yeah, and I've spoke to a lot of people since, and it was like, yeah, I was at that show, and you know, I, I met a couple of people at the show who I still keep in touch with, and I think it was, um, yeah, and you know, you you read interviews, and I know like um, Zach Gibson, he was at the shows, um, yeah. and you see guys who are wrestling now, especially in the UK, and they were probably influenced by Ring of Honor, probably at that show. Um, I know Zach Gibson's massively influenced by um, Nigel McGuinness. Which I mean, yes, I don't think I've ever seen anyone as over in this country, not in WWE. Um, it was super, super over, especially on those three nights, and then you had the King of Europe Cup as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was a massive influence, especially that 2004, 2005, 2006, 7 ROH, a massive influence on a lot of people our age. And you could yeah. probably say the same for TNA at that time as well, because I know, like you said, Kurt, um, he was he's similar age, but his, his influence was TNA. Um, and yeah, I think it's. Um, no, I, well, I've got show. to be honest, I, I enjoy both. Um, and yeah, they both yeah. started to enjoy that. I, I'll be honest with you, I think for, for a good long time, TNA excelled. Um, Without the, it was when they started bringing in the bigger names that the, the things didn't really go right for them. Um, but they carved out a niche. They looked like corporate wrestling, but they had an indie feel and they had some of the most talented performers, um, you know, in the world at that time. Yeah. But um, so where where are you up to now? What, what of a week? Of a week over the course of a month, what do you like to watch? What's your uh, what's your go-to oh. product? What's you know what do you not watch so much of? Where are uh, you at the moment? Uh, um, well, start with the WWE. I mean, I subscribe to the network, um, and I'll I, I'll make an effort to watch a pay-per-view. But I'll be honest, it's not been it's been hard work. Um, NXT, NXT TakeOver, watch religiously. Um, yeah. NXT UK, I dip in and out of that. Um, Ring of Honor, I dip in and out of that. Um, and then, obviously, I keep up to date with Progress, like yourself. Um, New Japan, yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've just been burnt out by the best of Super Juniors. I hardly watched any of the um, stuff going on and just not having the time to do it and Dan um, did, I'll be honest with you, he did 90, 90% of the duty on that because I think the only the only show, other than one or two matches aside, he watched everything and I watched the last day um, yeah. and I think he's actually gone on this holiday just to get over <laughs> the best of the Super Juniors. Yeah. Because he's, he's got the G1 to build up to. 
fair play to him. I mean, I got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to watch every show, watch every show. But then after about three or four, the third or fourth night, it was like, right, I'm just going to watch the tournament matches that involve yeah. the guys who I think are going to be relevant in the competition, basically Osprey, um, El Fantasmo, Shingo. Um, and then the guys that enjoy to watch, like Robbie Eagles, um, Dragon Lee. And then obviously at the tournament for guests, there was guys who were out of the tournament, so there was no point watching them. And then it just became the Will Ospreay Shingo show. And then, yeah, but a G1, I'm dreading that because have you seen Block A? It's, it's super stacked. And, you know, apart from... I, I've got to be honest with you, I think both blocks. Uh, th- my first thing was wow. And then the second one was. Well, was... no, Minoru, no Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, um, it's interesting that I, I did my pickums yesterday, and I was going through the um, block B, and on paper it's like Naito's going to win this, Naito's going to win this, but then I look at like I think they're going to push a few guys. I think Moxley's going to get a few wins. I think Jeff Cobb's going to push. I think so. I think it's going to be a tighter group than people. Expecting, and I mean, obviously, on paper, Block A is the one Osprey, Kenta, Ibushi, Akada, Tanahashi. So, uh, yeah, it's just going to be another tournament where I end up watching more wrestling than I intend to. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be kid, one of them. The yeah, kids just know. wandering around looking, Where's dad? Oh, he's, he's in his wrestling room again. Yeah. <laughs> in the corner with his headphones on, well. <laughs> Blaze on or Coronation Street or something. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough going, but it always is every year. Um, what your predictions Well, I to be honest with you, I think we're gonna do it when Dan comes back. Um, that's his his sure, little yeah. baby. Um, but I, I've got to um, I've got I've got a sneaky feeling that we're gonna be surprised this year. Um, I, I think. Going in, I've been talking the last couple of weeks saying that the first there's never been anyone who's um, won the best of the Super Juniors and won the uh, the G1 in the same yeah. year. Um, they're going to push Osprey to the moon. He's he's one of the best things uh, in wrestling as a whole at the moment. Um, say again, sorry. If not the best, he's yeah, uh, he's untouchable. I think at the minute. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anyone's had a better body of a better body of work in their whole careers than he's had this year. Um, you know, and I, I, he's the greatest. And I say hands down, he's the greatest British wrestler of all time. And I hope he wins it. I mean, because he's he needs. You know, he's trying to move up, and that's his old angle storyline. But Naito's got his own storyline. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, no one's touching. I mean. He's out of this world at the minute, and so he's improved so much. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think he is the best in the world at the minute. Yeah, no, I, I know Dan's very much of that thought, and I, and I'm I'm up there with you. But what what I will say is that New Japan, it's always had its um its main four. It's always, especially for the last five years, you've either had AJ Styles or Kenny Omega. In one spot, Tanahashi, um, Naito, and Okada. Yeah. One of them spots is available. Um, Jay White. 
I think I think the Jay White experiment has failed or has at least stalled for the moment. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think Switchblade character has helped him. But you know that's my opinion. Um, I, I I can see either Shingo or um, Will Osprey fitting into that fourth spot. Um, I think I think the company wants to get Sonada over. And I'll be honest try with you. It. I'm definitely trying. Um, if not, I don't see anything in him yet. But yeah, they are trying. Um, but was I? It'll be interesting to see because he's in. Block A, isn't he? Um, it'd be interesting to see how many wins he gets in that. That's certainly. I mean, it's it, it, Sonata for me is like um, being an Evertonian. Um, we always used, we used to talk seemingly for years about young Leon Osman. He's going to oh, come yeah. through on, on his promise. Um, now, Leon Osman was he was a really skillful player, but he, he never lived up to his hype. Um, great servant to the club, but he he was like 29 years old, and they were calling him Young Leon Osman. And I, I think Sonada's got a little bit of that where he's got so much hype and so much going behind him, and he is he puts on some great performances. I've never seen him put on a spectacular performance, and as far as I'm concerned, he needs to fuck off that paradise lock immediately. Um, but that's just me being a cantankerous old git. So, yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, what, what, so uh, last time we spoke, you were watching a compilation of uh, Mazawa Kabashi. Yeah, yeah. Like I got burned out by. Um, and when I say I get burned out by a best super juniors, it means I just don't want to watch anything current. Yeah. So, yeah. Some, you know, there's not a lot, you know. I, so it was just a case of going into the box of DVDs I've got, and then. Picking something else. You still with us, Jim? Um, I've got. I had a compilation of Masawa Kabashi matches. Just stuck that on. Um, that was brilliant. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, I'm just going to go into a little bit uh, about what's what's happened news news wise this week. Um, yeah. The start off with the extremely sad news that. Um, Adrian or Lionheart McCallum has passed away. It's somebody we've seen on the uh, the Northwest scene quite uh, quite frequently. Um, obviously a home base up in Scotland. Um, really really sad news. Um, comes at a at a time after where he he basically he saved a lad from a fire, hadn't he? Where he's gone to jump out. Yeah, I've seen that this morning. Yeah. Um... But tragically, I think a girl lost her life, and I mean, yeah, it's a sad, yeah. it's a sad, sad uh, situation. Um, yeah, uh, it was. I think with Lionheart is, um, he was, he was in ICW and PCW, but you know, for me, um, and I think um, he was a big deal in PCW at the beginning. He had yeah. a feud with Travis and. I think um, if you think of Britless, it was in the mid, in the 2000s, it was, it would stay after FWA, and then there was one PW, which funnily enough, Lionheart wrestled. Um, there, wasn't, there wasn't much of a scene, 
and then we have this revival that we're currently in. I think started with I think it's fair to say that started with PCW and your ICWs and obviously your progress and Lionheart was a big part of PCW his feud with uh, Chris Travis. Um, big part of ICW from the bits I've seen, but I mean ICW blew up big time and yeah, so I think I mean I've seen him a few times and he was from what I've seen, he was a decent worker, but he had such great charisma. He was great on the mic. Yeah, um, uh, and that's what that's what we can miss a lot on the British scene, isn't it? We, we yeah. can miss that charismatic elements because we can be purely athletic. Um, so yeah, no, it's agreed. Uh, no age either as well. So it's just a it's just a reminder of like you know, if you are struggling, you got to talk to someone. Um, uh, you know. And obviously, I'm speculating, but yeah, it's just if if just a big reminder that not everyone everyone's fighting their own battle, and sometimes you know just check in on people, or you know if you ever feeling yourself, you need to speak to someone, just reach out, because a lot of the time people, you know, phones, you people are just a button away, aren't they? So I think that's a, that's an important point, and I think I've been very lucky to have. Um, the friends around me that I've had include yourself in that, where I, I feel completely comfortable uh, dropping you the text or giving you the call and, you know, talking about the way I am. And I think nine times out of ten, and I've always said this, the people you meet on the wrestling circuit, especially the Brit rest circuit, um, they're very open and conducive and nice in, term, in those those issues. Um, so and, and they're all very aware of it, of the impact of it. Of it. Um, so yeah, very very sad time, Tra- um, tragic tragic uh, thing to happen, and you know you wish his family all the best. One of the yeah. nice things that's come from this is that um, ICW started a GoFundMe page. Um, to it was started last night with the um, with the hope of getting six thousand pounds to help his family put towards the the funeral because. Shockingly, most funerals will cost you this day about six thousand um, pounds. I checked on it this morning. I noticed friends of the show. Um, I noticed you you put some uh, some money in yourself. Um, friend of the show, Chris, has done the same. A lot of anonymous ones, but there was a lot of very large donations um, from uh, from wrestlers. Um, ones that caught my eye were Natty Nardhart. Um, who put a lot of money in? Obviously, the people who you think who, who are friends of his, uh, Noam Dar, um, put a, a great deal of money in. Will Osprey put a, a lot of money in. Um, Shah Samuels, and it, the the six thousand pound was was actually doubled. I think it's up to nearly thirteen thousand pound now. Um, and that's all. It's not even been up twenty four hours yet. Um, so it does. It does remind you how good and how how well uh, that that our little fandom can do. Um, you know, when when needed, they they bring out all the stops. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that. We'll we'll move on from that now. And as I say, we'll wish his family, uh, you know, all the best in the future. And it's a hard thing to get over. And uh, just wish them all the best. I think that's all we can do, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Well, the biggest bit of news from, especially from a business aspect this week, is that 
WWE have announced a new partnership with BT Sports in the UK that will start in January 2020. Now, me and Dan spoke about this um, when the rumours started circulating a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is not a progressive move, in my view, for WWE. Um, however, I don't think it's going to affect them that much. What's your well, thoughts I, on the, on the well, situation? Sky reaches like 8 million homes and BT reaches 2 million homes. But personally, um, the one time I interested at an all-time low in WWE, I had BT Sport. Um, so <laughs> got no excuses to watch it. But it's um, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Um, I think the pay-per-views are going to be on BT Box Office. Um, yes. I, I mean, personally, I, it doesn't affect me, you know. I can watch more on SmackDown if I wanted to without Sky. Um, it's, it's easy enough to find. I'm not condoning it, but you know, um, it's but it's going to be interesting because, like I said, it's it's in four times as many homes as Sky, and um, it's whether people are willing to. I mean, I don't know how much BT is. I get it part of a package, but it's um, I don't know how much it is BT. I think it's about thirteen pounds a month, thirteen or fifteen. Yeah, um, off the top of my head. So it's whether, I mean, I had BT Sport and they lost the NBA and they lost Serie A. Um, they have a handful of Premier League games, but Sky have the games. Um, they have the Champions League, which, I mean, I've got no interest. I mean, I, I enjoy it, I watch it, but I've got no, <laughs> I've got no horse in that race. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's it's interesting because it'll be interesting. To, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna affect too much. Um, I mean, it re- remains to be seen, really. But it's it's just gonna be weird, um, especially if you've had Sky for thirty odd years and you're used to watching more SmackDown, whatever. But I think we're in an era of the network now, and I don't. I mean, I know people who pay for box office pay per views. Which I, I can never get my head around when you can no. get it on network for ten pound. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, like I said, Sky's in four times as many homes. So, but as a tick, I mean, I don't know too much information about um, how WWE does on house shows, whether they're down or whether they're up. But it'd be interesting to see how much of an effect that has. Then you've got AEW on ITV. Um, which is in considerably more homes than Sky, never mind BT. Yeah. So. Well, my thinking, my thinking on the whole situation is that WWE is um, it, everyone knows them. Um, kids um, today, I, I always say that WWE bring in new fans all the time, and that's a great help to anyone who's a wrestling fan because. From WWE, you can learn about New Japan, Ring of Honor, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think kids today are more sophist- much more sophisticated than the last generation and the generation before. They will go onto YouTube. They will search these things out. And you can find so much WWE content on YouTube. Obviously, people's um, attention span is a lot shorter these days. YouTube clips may be, may well very well be the way to get into watching WWE. I know for myself, I'll watch a few YouTube clips of the um the week's WWE action for the majority. 
and it, it does make that's from a very you know cynical old man point of view now uh, they've had this relationship in place for 30 years um what they've done is also extended the partnership with fox sports so they've renewed the deal in latin america um and mexico um well part one of the same um so they're starting the new partnerships and they've bringing in these huge tv deals and in, in the americas and then this one it obviously wasn't working for uh for sky who were let's be honest quite an astute programmer or you know channel or network whatever you want to call them they're, they're not going to be that worried about this are they well it's, i mean if you're a hardcore wwe fan are you going to be tempted to switch from sky to bt sports i mean i mean wwe they've not disclosed the sum have they or how no. long the contract is for um, so obviously it benefits WWE um, to go to BT, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to talk. It's hard to say anything because, ne- like I said, I've never had Sky, so um, you know it doesn't affect me really. But yeah, it's um, going to be in less homes, so surely WWE must. You know, you must have some fact-finding mission to realise this, but obviously. The money is great enough that they're willing to take the hit. Um, I can I can certainly see it from BT Sports' point of view, because it 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 brought it's going to bring new subscribers. Brought yeah. new subscribers when they spent all that money on the on the European competitions. Um, they've done the same with uh, UFC. Um, they've had that for a, a long time now, but it's also sports like um. Motor, you know the, the Motor GP. Um, yeah, yeah. They will, they will put because they're looking at saying, well, we want these hardcore fans to come in, and we will show show their product, and in turn it will bring us subscribers. Um, so I can see from BC's point of view, well, they're going to by, by signing up with these, they're they're going to say, well, we might gain. 25,000 to 100,000 new they've subscribers. Yeah, they've seen a market. Um, fair play to them. I mean, you're a UFC guy. Do you see similarities there? Well, I'm a very, very, very casual um, uh, mixed martial arts fan. And actually, when I do watch MMA, I usually watch Bellator, um, which has been on Channel 5, Spike TV. So they. They did have the, um, you know, the uh, for, for UFC, they did have uh, the, the lead-in program, and they also had a lot of um, personalities that would appear on their their other shows as well. Uh, I, I wish them well. I don't think it's. I don't think, despite the fact there's going to be less eyes on the product, I think it's WWE will continue to grow new fans in other ways. I think yeah. it's very very rare the fans. Will just come across WWE by flicking channels anymore. I, don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. No. Um, yeah. They got. I mean, personally, I mean, I'm a guy that watches the week in WWE. I've just watched that one before the pay per view, so I can get a you know a catch up. But yeah, um, it'd be interesting. I mean, 
I know I know a few hardcore WWE fans without BT, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, no, that's a that's a um, now a bit of a strange one. I'm not, I'm not sure whether you've you've heard this. Um, WWE Studios have gone into partnership with Netflix um, to announce um, their first film, which is going to be called The Main Event. Have you heard anything about this? Not at all. Right, okay, so WWE Studios and Netflix officially announced on Wednesday that production has begun in Vancouver, British Columbia, for the first film entitled The Main Event. Um, we had re- reported back in February, this is from uh, WrestleView, uh, Wrestle WWE uh, Studios and Netflix were pre- partnering to develop a new fam- family-friendly films to air on the streaming service. Um it says you can read the uh, the, the, the full the, the full press. It's it's uh, <laughs> Let's have a look. Who's that from? Who's that from Netflix? I don't think it was. It, I I honestly don't know any of these people. Seth Carr, Tatiana yeah. Arnold, Ken Marino, and Adam Pally um, starred alongside WWE superstars. Uh, in the main events after WWE Studios, um, and again I'm looking through the um, the list of producers, um, not seeing that anyone that I know. Uh, WWE superstars uh, so far are Kofi Kingston, The Miz, and Sheamus. Um, yeah, I think I'll give that a wide miss. Um, yeah, <laughs> after discovering a magical mask. An 11-year-old aspiring wrestler enters competition to become the next WWE superstar. That'll do wonders for Don't Try This at home. Yeah, and then he'll get a contract, and then he'll get stuck with a shitty gimmick, and then... Yeah, <laughs> no... Um... Or, or in Ricochet's case, a shitty finger. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we'll move on, we'll move on. Uh, so yeah, that's the other one of the other bits of news that we there uh, we'd had out this week. Um, what is uh, what is it that you're looking forward to most on this coming stomping ground show, Joe? You know that bit at the end where the logo comes up. <laughs> the watermark moments. Um, that's it. Um, you know what? I mean, Ricochet Samoa Joe could be fun, but I don't think I'll be able to watch a Ricochet match the same <laughs> way. No, no, probably. No, um, it's, it's an uninspiring card. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, look, I'm looking at it, and, and uh, we'll go through it match by match in a second, but um, what, 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 what annoys you? Is you you look at that you look at the talents that's appearing, mm. and you think that could be a top card. That could be a top card if done well. Now at the moment the list in nine matches, um, and obviously I think two of them are going to be on the pre-show, um, by the looks of things, and they'll have a seven-match card. Now we'll start with what I sadly believe will be on the uh, the pre-show. And that'll be Daniel Bryan and uh, Eric Rowan versus mm. Heavy Machinery for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team titles. 
Last pay-per-view, what was that? Not, not the um, Saudi Mania, the one before it. I can't remember what it was called. It was Money in the Bank, wasn't it? Money in the Bank, um, yeah. And Brian and Rowan um, were on the pre-show and probably had one of the better matches of the night. Um, now, Otis and Tucker, I've got to be honest with you, I'm not overly fond of them. Um well, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I think they're just, I think, they're just generic big guys who do cannonballs into the you know. They're just no interest in them. Um, Daniel Bryan's wrestling in Washington, and he's supposed to be the heel. Yeah. Um, he's end up gonna you know Washington are gonna boo the hell out of heavy machinery. It's a match they could probably do with not doing on this show. Um, yeah. But you know WWE got a WWE. That's that. Uh, um, why? Because fuck you. That's why. Um, I seem to be taking over Dan's anger in this. Uh, yeah, this yeah. Podcast. I can't promise. I can't do that. I mean, <laughs> I've listened well, and I, it's, yeah. Um, well, I think the thing is with heavy machinery. Go on. Sorry, mate. I was going to say the thing is what I, I see with heavy machinery is I see a less talented Rosie and Jamal. Um, and the I don't think the gimmick helps them, and I don't think the gear helps them. Um, they just don't look, don't look good for me. But I could still pretty much say that um, both Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan could try and pull um, you, you know, pull a decentish match out of this. It'll be entertaining uh, because Daniel Bryan's in it. Um, and I think despite the crowd cheering for him, he'll, he'll be doing his best to get them to turn, which will be fun to watch, but other than that I'm glad it's on the pre-show because um, yeah. he probably won't show it then um, but yeah, it's it's um, yeah, I think it's a match that could it's, it's probably, it's a TV match but then again, half of them are um, and Daniel Bryan in Washington trying to be a heel it'll probably be the only interesting thing about that match yeah, it's it's um... I, they, they've done it to so many people, haven't they? Even if it's not being the heel, it's not winning uh, in the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the last the Vince thing so long. It's, it's, um, it's just Vince being Vince. Uh, beating the hometown hero, giving the fans what they want, because he knows what the fans want. That's good shit. Yeah, yeah that's good shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's one of those matches that, I mean, I'd no way are heavy machinery winning. So it'll just be interesting to see the crowd reaction for Daniel Bryan and to see how... Because, you know, we've seen him live, we've seen him... He's, he's, he's a great heel. And I, I think I think he'll get his hometown to turn on him, which will be interesting to see how he does it. That might be the more competitive um, aspect of the match, actually. Yeah. Um, so moving on to probably the second pre-show match, um, I've got to be honest with you. I'm really looking forward to this one. I hope they're given at least 15 minutes. Um, Tony Nice, um, the WWE Cruiserweight Champion, will be defending against Akira Tozawa and True Gulak in what I still still believe is the best hour of wrestling uh, or the best 45 minutes of wrestling on the WWE Network at the moment, aside from the Takeover show. Um, Tony Lee's going in as champion. Drew Gulak, who's got to win. He's this has been going on for far too long. He's been the the ace of two oh five live. 
He's been the franchise. Come on, Drew. Get the win for all of us. Um, yeah, for Danny. Do for Danny. Do for Danny. Um, Akira Tazawa, who's over the course of the... We, we've both seen him on the, the independent scene over in the, in the UK, haven't we? And he, he, he seemed to obviously take a dip when he went to WWE because he wasn't getting ring time or action. But he's really started to um, to come back in a big way. He's had some fantastic matches um, with, uh, with the beginning of the year with um, Kendrick and then more recently with Hideo Itami, a.k.a. Kenta. Um, so what's your thoughts on this one? Because you're, you're not as... You're not, you, you, you don't watch um, 205 Live, really, do you? No. Um, I watched it the other week. Because there was a lot of hype about the Chad Gable Gallagher match. Yeah. Um, and it was good hour of TV. Um, but yeah, I'm not invested in it. Um, it's just another hour of TV that I haven't got time. Well, I have, but I just don't choose choose not to watch. It. But um, yeah, yeah and I, I know you're a big fan of it. And I, um, I you know what? I know the three guys in the match. So, like you said, if they're given 10, 15 minutes, it could be. You know, it could be the match of the night if it's allowed to be. Hashtag justice for Gulak uh, for a better 205 Live. Um, the next match we're looking at, um, we've got a tag team match in the words of Teddy Hart, a tag team match. And that is the new day of what I've got as Big E and Xavier Woods as versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Thoughts on this one? Um, it'll be good. Listen, I, I I barely watched any Raw and SmackDown. Um, I don't know any of the angles. Like I said, I'll watch the week in WWE before the pre-show if I stay up to watch it or if I watch it on the Monday or Tuesday, which I will watch it. Mm. And do you think um, do you think there might be a surprise um, uh, a surprise appearance from Mama Lynch? Ah, I've seen that on Twitter, actually. Yeah, Big, e. Big E is fantastic on Twitter. Um, you know what? great guys there. Um, and it's a problem with WWE in a whole. You've got, like, four, you know, a roster of some great guys, but you just find it very hard to care about them at the minute. Um, and that's WWE in a nutshell, really. Yeah, I, I, can, I can sort of sympathise with WWE, so it's crazy. You've got... What to think we said last last time was two hundred and thirty plus wrestlers contracted to them at the moment. Well, you when you think of NXT, NXT UK, two oh five live, and then job guys who constantly do main events and um two hundred and odd wrestlers and, and that's including people at the performance centre as well. But people are going to get lost in the shuffle. Um, and I think they always How will. Many guys getting lost because, I mean, who's the top tier guys in WWE? Not guys, but Lesnar. Who's the top tier guys? Maybe Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, um, Finn Balor's a, a bit of a strange one at the moment. But you, you'd be rounded on. It's it's. It's not enough top, you know. It's too much 50-50 booking. There's too much, um, there's a lack of creative, and they've got like too many guys who they're trying to give TV time for, and it's it 
when you've got guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, who are brilliant, I, I love them. Um, but you just find it hard to care about them. Um, yeah. And that's WWE. It's 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 uh, unwilling to push a number of guys to the top. Um, it's almost like they want to protect. You know, they won't have guy going over at the expense of anyone else without it being reversed the week after. Um, mm-hmm. Too much 50-50 booking. And that's the problem with this match. It's a, it's a match which I should be excited for. But it's probably happened half a dozen times in the last couple of years anyway on SmackDown. Or... So, I, I mean, it'll deliver. I mean, it, it will. Um, see, they're going to go on to the next match now for the US title. And it's going to be Samoa yeah. Joe versus Ricochet. And we alluded to this match previously. Any other company in the world, um, with the exception of New Japan, possibly, that is a, if not a main event, then a semi-main event match. Um, And again, it ties into what you're saying there. These guys, WWE basically took the golden generation of TNA and ROH and PWG um, over the course of the last five years. And we remember them being that good um, when we were watching them in PWG. But that was when the spotlight was completely on them as the big fish and the small bond. Now they've gone up to WWE and they've got to share the spotlights. And if they don't do something that gets them hugely over. And for, for Bobby Roode, it was, is, I mean, the NXT WWE did more for him and his career and his fame specifically with the first bar of his theme tune than he Um, did in TNA for years. And that got him popular, but he's still a lower card guy. You know, they're getting paid a lot of money comparatively to what they're getting on these, you know, the small independents. Is it worth that? Is it worth them going? It must be. I mean, I mean, we know Samoa Joe. We've watched him since what 2003-2004. He should be the easiest guy to book in that company. Just book him like he's a world champion in Ring of Honor. Just demolishing people, not getting beat, running roughshod. He could be the guy, but they're reluctant to do that. And if you'd have told me 15 years ago that WWE would be heavy, you know, you've got Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. And then a couple of years later, you know, Kevin Steen, El Generico, um, you know, and then you like you said, the TNA guys, and you, you oh, can't wait to watch WWE. That's the dream, isn't it? That's you know, mm. but there's yeah, and it's like a reluctance to create superstars, which is it's almost like they're scared to create someone too big for their own boots in case they leave, like CM Punk or yeah, it's just it's. And, you know, Samoa Joe, Ricochet, like you said, could be a main event anywhere in the world. But it's, um, again, it's just a lack well, of interest. I'll give you, I mean, I think mine and your styles and what we like to watch are uh, quite similar. And I'll give you an example about the last time I was, and, and this is coming from somebody who's been to WrestleMania, the last time I was truly excited about a um, main event on a pay-per-view, um, but WWE, and because it, it had a fucking god awful name anyway, because I think mm. Vince had bought the rights to 
Jerry Lee Lewis's Great Balls of Fire. Um, and they called the pay-per-view Great Balls of Fire. And the, the main event on that card was Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And it was built up in a very good way. And it's exactly yeah. what I like. It's two big guys going to kick the fuck out of each other and knock seven shades of shite out of each other. It was booked in the same way. Um, it, it could have been the, uh, the Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow and ECW. It's that, it's building a grudge match with the point where titles don't even matter that much. It's just the fact that these two guys have got an issue. They're going to fucking kill each other one way or another. And it's going to be a great match. And there was an inconclusive finish to that match. And then it it was just forgotten about. I think Joe got injured after that. And I don't know whether Brock had to take one of his, you know, his his times away. As you said, as you said, then Samoa Joe, easiest guy in the, in the world to book for. Yeah. And, you know, they built Samoa Joe and then you look back in hindsight and um, it was almost like they just built him to feed him to Brock Lesnar. Um, Yeah. I've got my own opinion of Brock Lesnar, the way he's been booked. Um, but it's not been Brock Lesnar's run has not benefited anyone, um, apart from probably John Cena and AJ Styles. Uh, not John Cena and Seth Rollins. Um, they had the opportunity there to real, really make Samoa Joe a proper dominant force. He didn't have to beat Brock Lesnar, but they could have, like you said, it went nowhere after the match. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I can't remember if he got injured or not, but you can still keep him on TV. You can still use him. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a similar story for so many people in WWE. Um, I think it's just, it's almost like it's so sanitised. It's so, it's such a clean product um, that it's just, it's boring. And, yeah. And it's hard yeah, to no. say, like, it, you know, like Ricochet and Samoa Joe, it's, you know, Two or three years ago, the thought of that being on a WWE pay per view, it's like it's almost like a dream match. But I mean, they'll have a great match, they should have a great match on Sunday, anyways. They'll have a fucking fantastic match in the two yeah. minutes and 45 seconds that they get given. Um, the next one we've got up is a steel cage match for the title. Uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston. Wasn't impressed with these two when I saw them um, at the, I think it was a Super Showdown, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's... They just didn't gel for me. Two fantastic guys just did not gel in any way, shape or form. Uh, yeah, they killed Dolph Ziggler. He's, they, you, you watch a match and if it's a title match, you condition the WWE booked him so that you condition to know that he's not going to win. They booked him as this perennial loser down, you know, and it's been like that for ten years now with Dolph Ziggler. Um, and he did a cage match with Kofi Kingston, and I don't really care. Um, I'm not. I think the 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 way the way they booked Dolph Ziggler um, is is almost like a it exemplifies. The whole of the way WWE is booked as a whole, because he's a perfect example of there's a guy there who's talented, he's great on the mic, he's he's, he's had some great matches. Um, and he's got a great look as well. Yeah, he, he's, he's almost like ticks every box, mm. but 
the amount of 50-50 booking with Dolph Ziggler, um, and he's and he's almost, you know, you conditioned to know that well, Dolph Ziggler's not winning this. I mean, if he wins on Sunday, it'd be the biggest shock in a long time. But I mean, I put my house on it; he's not winning on Sunday. Um, but there's two talented guys in a cage match, so there'll probably be a decent spot or two. But yeah, again, it's just hard to care about a title match with Dolph Ziggler in it. No worries, yeah. It's it's hard to care. It's hard to care about the title at the moment. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, just just generally. Um, moving on to the next one. Um, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. For me, um, I I've enjoyed Lacey Evans when I've seen her in matches. I think she's got a fantastic look. A little bit of a different gimmick. Um, when the first match happened between the two, um. Can't remember the show. I think it was the one after Mania, um, where she did she she, she Becky faced Lacey first and then Charlotte second. Um, oh, I, I was quite I was quite uh, you might be Money in the Bank. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, I was quite taken by her. I think she she put in a good performance. Um, in the following bits and bobs that I've seen on uh, YouTube again, Becky Lynch is. Lynch, um, and I think Lacey Evans was has come across well, so kind of excited for that match. That's probably yeah, one of the I'll best give, ones. You know, Lacey Evans credit in that. Um, you could argue that she pushed way too soon from NXT to WWE. Um, but she's got a great character. She reminds me of um, Liberty Bell from Glow, which is probably why they see. They <laughs> um, see something in her. Because she's different as well, she stands out. She, she, I think she's a really good talker. Um, yeah. so yeah, um, Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch. Um, I think she's she's had a great year. Um, so yeah, um, that's a fan- fantastic year so far. It's, I think the struggle has been after Mania keeping up the momentum. Um, well, I yeah. think what they did, they did with the title change. Um, I think it was good. I don't think it was particularly good for Bailey, but I think it was good to get one of those titles off Becky Lynch um, and uh, not have as much pressure as it is now. That uh, leads us into the other match of Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. Could not give a flying fuck. Honestly, could uh, not give so, a mate. fuck. Yes, um, mate. I, I, think... I expect it to be a, a completely average match. Um, I don't think it's going to be bad, but I've got my own investments in it. Mate, um... Bailey again, it's like um, it sounds like a broken record, but she was she was money in NXT. She again was like Samoa Joe. She should be the easiest person to book in WWE, but they've absolutely they turned her into I couldn't give a shit, you know. Um, and she should I, be the I, biggest face, remember, face in the company. But I, I'll remember. Sorry to interrupt you on this one. Um, I, I remember watching her in NXT Takeover London. And she was fighting Nia Jax. And that bitch sold like uh, Rob Gibson. And she wrestled like Bret Hart. The the story and the emotion of the match was was there. Everyone loved her for it. Um, And I, I honestly thought... That this is this is the female Bret Hart, the, uh, mm-hmm. probably probably better than she did, and that was 2015. 
We're four, yeah. years, we're four years down the line. I don't even think it's her fault. I don't, I don't think... No, it's she's, not. I mean... She's she's the same, if not weaker, than she was then. I, I, I almost think, you know, I used to say when she was in XT, they've got themselves a female John Cena here with how over she was and the marketability, you know, different, it could do different colour merch every other month. But, yeah, they seem to have um, missed the boat big time with her and to the point where no one cares about her anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's that's not good. That mate, it's not good at all. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a complete passable match. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, Vince again with his good shit. Right, this uh, I feel like I'm just getting more negative as I go on. The, the, on. This is this 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 isn't going to be a happy time, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so after Bailey and Alexa Bliss, we've got Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Again, um, Drew McIntyre, he could be one of the top guys in the company. Um, Roman Reigns, it's a bit weird the way they've been booked since. I mean, I was coming from a guy who barely watched Raw and SmackDown, but when I dipped it, you know, I watched the pay-per-views and it seems really weird the way they booked Roman Reigns. Like, there's a reluctance to make him the dominant force he was. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I care more about Roman Reigns than I do about Drew McIntyre. Um, yeah, his, he's... His, his, his character comes across... As and what's weird is I I've seen him um seen him up and down the country and he he can be more he can be more than what he is in WWE um but, see him in NXT why don't they just when they call people up from NXT why don't they just keep the characters the same yeah they're fuck them exactly the same it's working NXT you want to move a guy up to a bigger stage just keep it the same and then but. WWE and you know Drew McIntyre's got every you know he's got the tools you know he's jacked um yeah it's just another match which yeah yeah it's I've got absolutely no interest in it and then the WWE Universal Championship match the glory and the grace that is Seth Rollins versus Banter Baz. <laughs> Banter Baz. Banter Baz Corbin. Um, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, he will be bantering on Sunday because I think he's going to be the special ref. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I think it's, it's going to be a weird thing where the special ref will be big Banter Baz. It's going to be WCW. Um I, I don't know who the special guest is going to be otherwise, but hashtag yeah. Russo Swerve. Um, instead, yeah, we'll have a Corbin Swerve. I, I, I can't see where it's going. It's. I kind of, I kind of feel a bit sorry for Baron Corbin as well in this because yeah. I don't, I don't think he's that talented. I don't think he should be getting the opportunities that he's had. If you watched them. Um, what was the name of the um, 
of the documentary that was really well done on NXT, and it was yeah. episode. I can't remember. It'd be, it's on there now uh, on the network. Yeah, it's like a, it was set on the PC, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, I I watched a couple, um, and he was featured quite heavily on it. Um, he was, and he was he was they were trying to do a. It was supposed to be a shoot, um, but he was doing a work, and he was saying that he's you know he's a natural athlete and this that and the other, and. Or his Golden Gloves box champion. He's he's a legit fucking athlete, and he tried to do it as well as he could. He tried to keep that attitude. Now he looks, but at least that kept him interested. And you thought you thought he's a fucking cock. In the same way that Jimmy Davey used to think Jimmy Davey was an absolute fucking cock, um, because he he'd be like that off and on screen. But yeah. Um... Now he's just he's he's he looks like. You know, um, you know, like when a, when somebody's finished school and they're going into work, the first job, um, but um, they they like they, they they've obviously the mums give them like forty quid and said go and get your work clothes, and he's just bought a shirt and pants from Primark, um, and that's his uniform now. Um, so every day he'll wear that black shirt and those black pants. But he might have bought three of the black shirts just to go with the one pack. He looks fucking awful. He doesn't yeah. look like a wrestler. He doesn't no. look like a. He doesn't look like um, Dean Ambrose, lunatic fringe. He doesn't look like a badass. He doesn't look like anyone. He just looks like some random pisshead in the pub after work. Mm, he's a f- yeah, yeah, and and hopefully he wins on Sunday. Because I just think it would be funny. Um, yeah, it's just it's just, uh, Seth is probably the most talented guy they've got on the roster, um, and he could be having a title run that he could be putting up there with his previous title run or Shawn Michaels in '96 or Tanahashi when he had his year-long runs. But he's been given scrubs like Big Banter Baz, and <laughs> uh, it's. Yeah, my, the only thing that can save it in a WWE, WCW way is that he's a special ref. He knocks himself out, counts himself, and he wins the title. But no, and it's over in ten seconds. But no, I, it's going to be a lot of shenanigans. It's going to be a lot of, you know, um, Shane McMahon's probably going to be involved. It's going to be a tease with Brock Lesnar, but I don't think he's there. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a mess. Well, um. Uh... Will you be okay to uh, go through and review that absolute shit show with me um, next week? If he's a ref, then yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I'll watch it for you, Danny. Just for you. Yeah, well, to be fair, I, I was on the show last week. Oh, I'm never watching that fucking thing again. Unless it's a big four. And Dan was like, yeah, I'm, I'm away next week, so you'll have to. Uh, it's, it's the problem with WWE is Vince has got us right where he wants us it's shit, we get sick of the product but you keep watching in the hope that something amazing happens and once in a blue moon something amazing does happen so and you never I, know I, I always say and I, I do try and I do try, uh, as I say, not defend is probably the wrong word, however let's say we've slagged off WWE this last, uh, this last well, 20 minutes WWE is the best in the business for its 
network that network is the best money i spend every month um the documentaries are fantastic look at the nigel mcginnis documentary one of the best things i've seen um this and they're coming out more frequently now as well um whether it's the 24s or the 365s or just a random one-off special there's so much good stuff on there so while we can you know shit on them in some respects we've got to say well they're actually doing really really good in this respect oh i mean you won't get a better value for 10 pounds no i mean i i stood there and watched sat there the other night and watched alan anderson versus um william well stephen regal at the time wcw saturday night 15 minutes absolutely fantastic match um and then you can go back and you can go and watch the old everything or a lot of the stuff you want to watch is there um so yeah let's let's try and end this on a positive um what match are you looking forward to the most? Is it going to be Samoa Joe versus Ricochet, did you say? Uh, big Banter Baz versus Seth Oh, Cruz fuck off. Um, no, it would be, yeah, obviously Ricochet and Samoa Joe, as long as Ricochet keeps his pants on and doesn't do anything naughty. Well, I'd but, love I'd, I'd love to... Uh, yeah, don't, we don't want to do that on a pay-per-view. Um, I'd love to see... Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler prove us wrong. I've been down on Dolph Ziggler for his whole career. And then they'll have a match and have, like they had a ladder match with Luke Harper once and I was like, oh, that was the best ladder match I've seen in a long time. And I'll tell you what, I'll happily enjoy the match. And if it's the best case match I've seen in a long time, I'll admit it. because um, he, he, the both talented guys. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, the tagline for this is time to kick ass and take names, and I think that's where gonna what we're gonna sign off with, Joe. Joe, thank you very much for coming and doing this um, while Dan's away. Um, I really yeah, enjoyed talking to you, and hopefully I will uh, see you next week as well. Yeah, hopefully, maybe. So we'll see, <laughs> see you, see you down the road, as Steve Austin says. Indeed, indeed. Right, guys, if you could like and subscribe um, to our shows, you can follow us on Podbean. If you can give us a rating, that would be absolutely fantastic. Until next week, this is Danny signing off from the Wrestling Newspaper FM podcast or weekly podcast. Have a good weekend. Cheers, guys. Bye.